hey, Alex, do you want to hear about, like, the new fandom drama? I'm instantly 10,000 years old, but I'm sure, why not? Hello everyone and welcome back to House of Bards. It's the best co-host. Not that Maxi sucks. It's Beth. Beth. It's Beth. It's Beth. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Love that Maxi sucks. I really appreciate her. I don't feel betrayed. Um, (laughs) Despite joking about it multiple times in like, you know, it's like in private, but I don't feel betrayed. It's fine. Thankfully, Beth got back to me about being able to do an episode like this soon after we did that episode Mm. before I pushed the QCon episode live, which meant that I could edit out the bit in like the sign-off where I talk about, oh, we're probably not going to have Beth for a while. And it's like, oh, okay, well, actually, no, apparently we are. Actually, we are, yeah. So, so this episode, we've we've already tried to record this episode once, haven't we? Beth? Yeah, and it, it, it didn't quite go to plan just due to technological yeah. issues. We thought, okay, maybe I can do this on my phone through Discord. And my phone that, won't no, let me make a no. call and record the call at the same time. So that's been an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I have needed a computer. Luckily, yes. I seem to be okay for now. But I, I do genuinely think it's the CPU that Skype takes up. Yeah. That, which that is, is making this episode really risky. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, I, I feel like um, that's, that's your regular update on... <laughs> Beth's technical problems, and beyond that point, I said last episode that we're going to stop making excuses, so we should probably just go. No, yeah. Mm. So, uh, you you Beth, you tell Beth, us tell us how this topic came into our purview, Alex, because it was requested. Beth, mm-hmm. you and I, we are both uh, very fond of our uh, Panamanian friend uh, Lysmith. Yes. Who 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 goes by Square Mom Best Mom mm. on Tumblr? Yes. I, in fact, um so fond of the aforesaid that he is one of my chat mods on Twitch. And two episodes ago, he drew some fan art for us. Yes. Which those of you who've seen last episode will know I used in that stupid joke that is at the beginning of that episode. Um, and we thought, oh, well, you know, try and try and recognize good fan input. Yes. So at one point in my, in, in my uh, Twitch chat, Lysmith said that he was planning a... I can't remember what system he said he was going to do it in, like Pathfinder maybe or something? Mm-hmm. But he was planning a game that was Pokemon, but set in a diesel punk near future with heavy anarcho-socialist and queer themes. I love that. That sounds great. Yeah, that, that sounds rad. <laughs> that, that, um, that, that game is all of my aesthetics, apparently. Mm. But I already did a lot of talking last episode when you weren't here about, like, cool game concepts mm. that are unusual so instead we're going to talk about the uh the the anxiety that Lysmith was having about it and we're gonna talk about politics uh yeah get up get your discourse out i kind of felt like like i've been dreading this episode right and i don't want to suggest that Lysmith is like the root source of this episode we knew we were gonna have to do this episode at some point yeah so we might as well do it now. I'm a very non-confrontational person at heart, um, and sometimes it's hard being like a very non-confrontational person with like 
radical political beliefs because radical political beliefs are, are inherently confrontational. I so feel it's you of, so bad, yes. Yeah. It's an inter- it, it tears you apart, this internal <laughs> conflict. But I feel like we just got to do it. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, got to talk about politics in your tabletop role-playing games. Or otherwise any other art you produce, which I'm assuming... I'm not. I'm yes. Not, I'm, oh, I'm not saying. I'm no. I'm not saying you're never going to produce anything great that's going to be huge or big. You may one day do that. Mm. But what I am saying is, I'm assuming most of the art that our listeners are going to produce is either going to be tabletop role playing games shared between just a few people, or they're going to be um, fan fiction again, just viewed by a few people, or fan art just viewed by a few people. You know, I'm not. I'm not suggesting. Well, we're, we're trying to, like, cater to the masses here. Yeah. But actually, that's relevant, but I want to, mm. like, take, like, fiction and, and, and art and whatnot and put those aside for yeah, the moment. Just, because yeah. initially, what, the reason I want to make this about, like, tabletop role-playing specifically and about other kinds of, of role-playing is that you have, like, a small audience of people who are... Um, participating rather than just consuming mm. your work yeah and that's i think a f- like it has fundamental differences to the kinds of scenarios of of those other people being your audience yeah. for a work that you've produced but i think before we talk about politics in work we should it we should probably like talk about what we mean when we say that because all right here's the thing right Literally all art is political. Yeah, there's no way to get around it. Even having something that's apolitical in its sense is still very political because what do you view as apolitical? Do you view... Absolutely. Like the Overton window and, and, and what it defines as safe centrist positions is going to itself define what you view as apolitical. Yeah, like do you view something... Ap- like my view on something apolitical is, okay, it's almost entirely completely inclusive, but it doesn't make any points on on tackling no it doesn't make any like radical statements yeah it's just like it's just every everyone's fairly represented and everyone has you know a, yeah a whatever um but even even, even that, that like some people john yeah. cena-esque centrism yeah is like still a political statement in fact even surrealist art that inherently rejects all coherent political statement is itself a political yeah. statement you know because like it's still saying something about like the opinions of the creator on the relevance and importance of the things it is rejecting. Yeah, like it, it's it, it's just like, like weirdly sort of relevant to this conversation. There was something about Nintendo that popped up on my dash, and like, well, no, Nintendo were not political. We don't do this, and I'm like, well, Nintendo, you kind of are political. You've had a lot of yeah themes throughout your games that haven't always been, you know, like. Okay, the Gerido in the Legend of Zelda series—they're not, not—they're not politically, you know, they're kind of a slightly racist depiction of like Muslim and Middle Eastern people. Let's not pretend that mm. they're not. That doesn't. But necessarily... at the same time, like, the, aren't the Gerudo like a uh, a matriarchal culture? Yeah, they they are as well. And again, like they have a whole load of other stuff yeah. like attached to them. And like that that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't like the Gerudo. Obviously, I I think the Gerudo yeah. are a fascinating part of the Zelda lore. But the fact that they're consistently portrayed as the bad guys or as the other that's certainly a problem within the Zelda games. Yeah, and it's it's you know like there is a. 
you know, there aren't a lot of Nintendo games where you can be, you know, canonically LGBT or, you know, like Animal Crossing does a lot to, um, you know, say, okay, you can be a, a boy villager and wear girls' clothes. There's not, there's nothing, there's no issue with that. You mm. can be a girl villager and wear boy clothes. There's no issue with that. You know, clothing doesn't actually have a gender and you can have whatever haircuts you want and stuff like that. That's all fine. But it has been pointed out you can't really have dark skin in Animal Crossing. And for a very long time, you couldn't have dark skin in Pokemon. That's a recent addition to the series. These I things love have... how like, I was trying to like ease the audience in and you have just jumped in at the deep end. Sorry, with, like, yeah, sorry. All of the political problems that Nintendo has. Yeah, sorry. Because, I mean, we can talk about that, but like, yeah. we could also talk about like Japan as an ethnocentric culture. Yeah, and yeah, why exactly. That means that the context that these sorts of things come up in are different. And I'm like, I did not want to tackle that this no, early. Yeah, I ab to, like... absolutely. That, we'll, we'll back up a bit. But the point I was getting at is saying Nintendo stuff does have its issues and stuff like that. Hmm. And when they go, we're apolitical, it's like, you're not really Nintendo. You're really not. You're not. Like, you're just. To be honest, not even if any... that all that stuff like wasn't the case. If it's the time I'm thinking of, like, that was Nintendo saying that in response to questions about um, same-sex marriage in Tomodachi Life. Yeah. And it's like, by making that statement, you are no longer a political Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of your prior work or anything like that. Yeah, it, it, that's just th the way it is. You know, if you say, oh, I'm apolitical, there is no politics here, and I try and keep out of those issues. Well... Okay, are, like I like are you though? Like all Not art really. is, you know, like, like all 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 art and all like human interaction is political because that's that's what politics is. Mm. Party politics is just like a weird like higher, um, more abstracted level of the politics that goes on every day, mm. like in art and in normal human interaction. So just because. Like, I think you could definitely say that anything that makes explicit reference to party politics is political, and I think that's what a lot of people recognise as yeah. political. Mm. But I think most people also recognise that there are some things, like, pertaining to issues that maybe are important to the, their local um, party politicians that are themselves political, even though you can have discussions about them without ever mentioning party politics. Mm. And so from that point, I think it's easy to, like show those people that it's like no everything is political mm. that's that that's the point mm. that's so this idea of making like an apolitical piece of art is is nonsense yeah it, like, it, it just it, it doesn't exist you know if you no if if you got okay we're going to be apolitical and we're not going to include for example um lgbt people in this well that in itself is a political statement that, that's a political statement you're yeah. pretending those people don't exist and then if yeah. you go and you do include those messages, that is a political statement in of itself because, okay, these people exist yeah. and we must recognise that they exist, regardless of yes. then how you portray them in, in your piece you, of work. You can't actually win. Because this is the thing. is that people be like, oh, well, you know, um, so what? It, it's a political statement if I don't include those people. And I'm like, yes, it is also a political statement if you do. Mm. There is no... Or, indeed, if you make like word of god statements that they do exist but never focus on them that is also a political yeah. statement there's no like way that you can you can try and like to be honest even if your your art is like the most lukewarm milk toast bullshit that sits like squat in the middle of the overton window and never makes any kind of radical statement at all it's still political it's, yeah it's, that is still a political position you can't, yeah you can't like 
you can't get beyond the fact that centrism, liberalism, these are still political stances to take. Yeah. And they, they might they're not, composed they might... of a lot of like you know issues that a lot of people don't find incredibly controversial. That doesn't mean that saying the things that they are about is not political. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of those things. So, so... you might the weird thing is you might think like well okay well if everything is political then where are you going with this guys like what surely if everything is political then that means that the issues that arise from like politics in games are unavoidable and i'm just like largely yeah, yeah. but there are some some things um i would say so we've established what we mean right yeah. by by saying but by saying like you know politics and games is inescapable so maybe we should like now try and think about what what is it that people who really object to the idea of politics in games what do they mean when they say politics in games they mean i generally they mean positions i disagree with or stuff that makes me uncomfortable stuff that challenges me because to be honest like yeah i I was i was gonna try and be more gentle with that but no (laughs) fuck that that's exactly what it is it is it it, it's oh god someone disagrees with me like i'm not like okay like like i know sometimes that I tend, I do do this. Maybe it's a character flaw or maybe it's a completely reasonable thing. But I sometimes avoid stuff that I know I'm going to disagree with because I maybe don't need that right now. And that's sometimes okay. (laughs) I feel like the, the major problem with that is that that you disagree with is like an incredibly broad term. No, yeah, exactly. Because it's like that encompasses everything that like, everything that I disagree with. That that is like everything from um, you know uh, like reasoned academic arguments that would uh, challenge or at times affirm my perceptions if I you know consume them and ultimately decide that whether I like agree with or disagree with them right down to people who actively disagree with you vaguely making a salient point while hurling abuse at you. I was sort of thinking more, not... more about the second one that you said, not the first one. <laughs> Yeah, but but that's the thing is that when you say you know stuff that I disagree with, like that entire spectrum is included, and it's not. No, yeah, yeah. That's not a helpful thing because, like, as well, it's like when we have people I disagree with, right? Yeah. That that includes everyone from like you. Yeah. At times, very occasionally, yeah. Um, Beth and I usually do not disagree, but on no. some things we do. Yeah. To literal nazis yes oh, like yeah. actual white supremacists who identify with the tenets of national socialism yeah 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 and that's that's a ridiculously like non-useful like bracket to have it is yeah for anybody like because <laughs> it's like what what does this mean exactly yeah. like sometimes and we don't always like this word sometimes when it comes to working together there has to be a level of compromise you have to be willing to listen to certain people Obviously, you don't have to listen to literal Nazis, you know. No. But and even that, some people like... disagree with you. Sometimes have to listen to people you disagree with so much, and it's like, no, it's fine. You can talk to people who are, you know, quite right wing and find out that there are common grounds and commonalities that you agree with. It's true, but at the same time, I think the most important thing is what are you getting out of? That? Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like. I want to say it's primarily the right that does this. I have seen people on the left do it. And that's it's super fine. fucking yeah. annoying when yeah. they do it. That's fine, yeah. Um, but this idea of um, 
debate as a pissing match for debate's sake. Yeah. I don't like I don't think that's important or useful. Yeah. When you see like people on Twitter I I saw one um yelling about uh Shappy Kosandi, the comedian recently, about how like she wouldn't engage and that meant that like she was afraid and shit and it's like who the fuck are you yeah like she has a job and children and as she later pointed out a cat (laughs) and it's like people only have so much time in their lives to spend engaging with you you didn't win the argument just because they're like i might win this argument but then what exactly happens Mm. this is just a random person that i will have no further interaction with yeah 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 i like any interaction like, that you enter with someone and it's a disagreement about anything it it could be an opinion about characterization in a fanfic it could be about serious like far-reaching political things it could be about what how someone sorted a fictional character what hogwarts how someone sorted a fictional character and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it it doesn't matter the point is you 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 start it by disagreeing and then it's like, okay, you either make your point and that person goes, oh, actually, I agree with you. I'll change my position on that. And you're like, cool, awesome. I I guess I've changed someone's mind today that um, Edward mm. Elric belongs in Slytherin. I don't know. And <laughs> cool, awesome. Why did you give an example, Beth? I don't know. Now nobody's going to listen to anything more that we say. I Look, I do think, I I think he's more of a Ravenclaw, but that's, that's beside the point. Anyway. Cool, I've changed their mind. Awesome. And then you're like, and mo- oh, then that person's going to disagree with you. So either they go, well, I'm just going to keep disagreeing with you, and keep dis- disagreeing with you, and keep disagreeing with you. And sometimes you have to kind of think, what do you want out of an interaction? Do you want that person to agree with you? Well, what's going to happen if they don't agree with you in the end? Or do you just want to humiliate that right, person? And Maybe that's not the best and way to handle. And try bring this like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. I feel like we're getting slightly off topic here. Yeah. Um. But but you're correct. Like that is that is always a consideration, and it's like human beings have only so much time to devote to activities. And the weird thing is that you sort of have to keep the argument engaging for both parties. Yeah. And to some level, you have to admit that the argument is always going to be more engaging for the group that wants to debate for debate's sake. Yeah. Because they will feel productive while they are doing that, regardless of like what they could otherwise be doing. Mm. So as I said, it is usually the uh, the right I see doing that. I do occasionally see um, the left, usually brochalists, actually, as as we enjoy yeah. calling them, <laughs> like like the very um, like leftists, but like super uh, simplistic class focused mm. leftists. I I have to Just, be honest with you when I uh, see this this come from an an equal amount on both sides, and I think I see it a lot more from the purity politics side and then i see it a lot from the right wing side but as i'm gonna very briefly cover I both like of those people have a lot in common <laughs> you know i feel like the thing about the purity politics side though is that generally speaking provided they actually believe what they're saying mm. that's a different thing no yeah because generally speaking, they do, they don't get into debate for debate's sake because debate for debate's sake is like inherently offensive as a concept yeah. to them. No, yeah. For but... the reason that it implies that the politics that they're talking about doesn't matter. Yeah. And the whole thing about like purity politics is that everything matters. Yeah. But I've got some news for a lot of you purity. Po- I've got news for a lot of you purity politics guys out there. The shit you argue about online 
it doesn't matter. You're arguing about fictional characters and there's real people it, behind the it computer really and they matter more. Matter. <laughs> Don't send yeah. death threats it's online, it, guys. Honestly. It's, it's fucking pointless. And to be honest, like like even when it does matter, it matters in a way that is fundamentally incompatible with the way that you're trying to make it matter. <sighs> See, this is going to be entirely meaningless to anybody listening because we're both like hard vague talking about like a specific thing i know but and i know the specific thing because it happens to beth and i watch it happening i don't want to get specific like every fucking time beth comes to me every time beth comes to me with like a thing from like this drama filled fandom she's like hey alex do you want to hear about like the new fandom drama and i'm like i'm instantly ten thousand years old but i'm sure why not and it's like and like, it's it, oh and God. it's important to tell my friends about this because i need to get it off my chest because it is not a nice place to be this fandom no it's but look and like look if you no, follow it's... me on twitter if you follow me on twitter you know the fucking fandom i'm talking about and they are a fucking just yeah i've said I feel like everybody times, who has a a everyone's got look Beth. even if even if you don't know the fandom there's you're thinking of a fandom in your mind anywhere it's like oh yeah it's man. probably true of that fandom also yeah like absolutely fandom is it's a very different beast than it was a few years ago i've often said can you imagine it's how true. fucking intolerable and horrendous the sherlock fandom would be now like yeah they were cringy and they overanalyzed stuff and they weren't always the greatest yeah. people you know, but can you fucking imagine them now? Thank thank God they... Awful they... fandom technology has advanced in the recent years to the point where we have new and more powerful weapons. I, I'd say, Look, I say it was new and more oh, powerful God. weapons, but it's mostly just the same stuff in a dressed up in a different outfit. It's still the I'm same. I'm going to be real, actually. You're, you are entirely correct. And moreover, <laughs> I feel like... I feel like all of the different, like, component parts of fandoms were always there like it's just the proportions of like what like what division of the fandom is what kind has changed mm. drastically yeah i feel like uh, purity politics I, fandom has always existed yeah but i, I do think it depends on the fandom and, you're and, in and it, it depends how deep they sink their claws into initially because if you don't read like exactly yeah like a lot of people like okay right there's a game coming out soon i'm really excited for it it's that dad dating simulator and i'm looking at that and i'm like i know this fandom's going to be awful because dating sim fandoms always have and always will be awful this is going to be even more awful because it's 2017 and fandoms in 2017 are diabolically evil and already you see these claws sinking in like uh straight people making a game about <sighs> lgbt people it's like actually it's not do your fucking research and it's already the getting in and you already know there's going to be people who like if you romance to this dad you were a shitbag or uh, if you didn't romance this dad you're a shitbag if this daddy wasn't your favorite daddy he was a shitbag like if you like daddy simulator at all you're a shitbag <laughs> do you know the worst thing what you missed one what did i miss you missed calling the dads daddy is appropriation of kink culture oh my god you're right i missed that how could I have done that? To be fair, though, in the dad... I feel like we should stop now because there's enough awful fandom without us inventing more awful fandom. You're right, but I will say this. The daddy kink subculture, they've really calmed down in the last few years and they're not nearly as ubiquitous as they used to be. So, honestly, those guys... Yeah, they stopped being so angry and now they just leave weird, unwarranted comments on your Tumblr posts. Yeah, yeah, it's like, guys... That's, that's, not, that's not great. I, I don't please, really, I, please stop doing I that. I don't like that, but it's like... You know, look, I've, you know, 
if you like getting spanked. See, I'm actually worried about that game. I'm I'm worried that like it's gonna be like like I think you're worried that it's gonna be like Homestuck, and I'm actually worried that it's gonna be like Undertale or Welcome <laughs> to Night Vale, where like you know that like perfect storm type thing, where for the first two months mm. it's great, like mm. the fandom is fantastic, mm. and then everything goes to shit yeah no i like, know i know what you're on about it's like a distant and... memory because um the fan the, my current biggest mm. fandom was immediately awful um it was well, it, it was all right mm. for like two weeks i think that's the problem with netflix i feel like a lot of people are gonna say the thing that i'm talking about um the steven universe fandom was also like that i feel that's oh, a different thing they were, they... like i think actually the steven universe fandom did not fall off as high a cliff to be fair i th- also think the steven universe fandom for like most of like until the stronger than you stuff which is where people really start being interested in the show it was i think it was a fairly small fandom and they were pretty happy and then it got really big mm. and then it was all right for a bit and then i'm gonna mark which it is not which is not like the time i'm gonna mark it around the time where um the um the ship discourse between the Japanese shippers really heat like the hit the heat on them really started mm. up but even that wasn't that bad and then Wait, I, I i don't i don't want to interrupt you beth yeah but i have just realized jesus fucking christ that if i don't mention yes i am aware that there has been more than one purity politics scandal in the steven universe fandom please stop writing the comment that i you are no doubt writing right now yeah i don't think i think that those were a perfect examples of purity politics fandom being awful but be drastically overblown no, yeah. for the like actual scale i yeah I, I actually believe that as well um i i don't think the steven universe like it's not as like it's pretty bad right now but that's only because that's the way fandom has developed over the years maybe if this give like it's it's going to be something that i think right now when you're in the middle of it and you're in the middle of these fandoms and you're in the middle of the shitstorm when you're in the eye of the cyclone you can't really um properly assess the damage and you have to wait for a few years when all of these fandoms die down and then you can kind of go okay where did this start what was the root cause of it and how can we prevent it again in the future sometimes you just have to let a disaster just do its thing just set its its course fandom is the same (laughs) it will always be like this for some reason yeah this is just like new 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 paint on an old thing yeah it's it's just it it's like people in the fucking live journal days still sent death oh, threats yeah. on ship wars oh they yeah just didn't do it for purity politics yeah. reasons they, i think they, they, they did the it same. they did it purely because they disagreed with it like there wasn't a, a, a disguise on it it was because you didn't like the person because you disagreed with what they were doing and stuff like that mm. because you disagreed with headcanons or you didn't like their ship it was weirdly a lot more honest you know it's like mm. So I think in a weird way, that's why I kind of miss it. Like, you know, you're not getting people being called, like, abusive or condoning abuse because they ship a thing. You, you've got people just being called, oh, this person... That's the worst thing, shitty. right? Is that you've got, this, you've got this, like, this annoying purity politics sector of fandom. But then, like, on the other side, you have shit like Raylo, right? And other, like, people who are genuinely willing to overlook mm. actual abusive dynamics in order to, like get their rocks off yeah. or like ship their favorite ship and it's like how the fuck can we actually address purity politics fandom when the boogeymen that they are frightened of actually exist <laughs> yeah. but it's like it... this is so fucking annoying but it's like look i even to an extent i understand where railo shippers come from I, I understand why that dynamic is appealing to them 
And I think as long as that individual themselves... It's trash. It, like, yeah, yeah. Is willing to address... This is... Yes, I know this is problematic, but I still like to engage with this content because it's... It, this is the stuff that I, I like reading about or I want to explore in fan fiction what yeah, would happen just... if Kylo Ren got redeemed or something. And I don't think that person's a, a bad person yeah, for wanting to but see but a lot that. of the time it's like... Yeah, it, it, but it, a lot of the time they're just like, oh, you know... This is the uh, the the one the, the the one true pairing and the one that should become canon. I'm like, a fuck off. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. B. Those two characters have interacted maybe once violently. Yeah. In canon. I know. Like, I what, get you. Yeah. What kind? What are you on that makes you believe that that that, that is a thing that can or should happen? But I, I think as well that there is this it's like so... genuine fear in the Star Wars fandom that for whatever reason Lucasfilm and Disney are going to listen to Rail or Shippers, and I really think they're not gonna. Um, I mean, I no, don't... I think they're not. I think they have their own their own thing that they're doing, and they're not going to pay attention to the way the fandom behaves. But once you've got it into your head that like maybe Lucasfilm will, will listen to loud voices, I can kind of see why if you were like a teenager or something, you'd be like, oh, well, we have to be louder because otherwise this terrible thing will happen to something yeah. that we like. And like, I... I do think that a lot of fandom bullshit is motivated by fear. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you absolutely, hundred percent. Especially like the purity politics stuff, because I think a lot of it is like sometimes motivated by like fear of of uh, God. What's the word? Um, like like being made a pariah. Yeah. Um. um ex- not quite exclusion. The other thing. Ostracization. Expulsion. Expulsion. Ostracization. Right. Yeah. Sometimes like fear of that, but also sometimes like because that like the things that. The words that purity politics fandom uses refer to things that actually happen a lot of the time mm. and are politically relevant and sometimes important. And I think sometimes if you're a kid with like very little world experience and and the arguments that you hear from, from purity politics obsessed fandom, although they're fucking stupid, mm. have an internal logic to them. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I, I understand that, which means that then I'm being dishonest if I don't like follow through on it mm. because I understand it. And it's like, no, you can understand where they're coming from and still think it's stupid. Yeah. And I, I think you can. And, and that it's not important. Like, it's it's fine to say, like, you know, I'm very left wing. I'm I consider myself very feminist, but even I can objectively look at my own side. And when I feel that they go too far or they do something or that they they get violent or political in a way I disagree with I'm 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 able to go I don't know if that was appropriate that wasn't right or you you crossed a line that yeah. that wasn't like you I know like everybody you know like basically you know like I'm able to look at a turf and see their rhetoric and while I see the internal logic that's going on I'm able to go no none of that makes sense because you're equating women to body parts and that's the same thing misogynists do ergo this isn't feminism feminism includes all women and that includes transgender women and, you know, all different ki- types of women of, of different makeups and, and backgrounds. Like we'll Throw sex workers in there as well, because a lot of TERFs are swerfs as well. As well, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I... In, in any case, the last fucking, like, 30 minutes are probably going to be a horse of brads, because they're not... Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're like not a relevant discussion, bad, but they're but... not actually relevant to what we're talking because we talked about fandom right yeah we and that's not what i'm really yeah like i've done the ex- sorry i've done the exact thing i said i wasn't gonna do and you have like 20 minutes of like bullshit that isn't mm. gonna go in <laughs> so a long time ago a long time ago um, 
or possibly like literally two seconds ago, if I end up editing this that way, uh, I was I was talking about um, what what does it mean when art gets political, like in the context of a D and D group, mm. and I think what it means is one or more people at the table are uncomfortable with the politics that is being presented yeah and that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to disagree with it they could be uncomfortable with it because they face this in their own life sometimes that's true and sometimes they're uncomfortable with it not because they disagree with it but because they are worried that other people at the table will disagree with Mm. it and will like cause a scene about it yeah it's like i i guess i i recently i I don't. I don't know if this issue is political. I hope we can all agree abusing children is wrong. But in the la- the last D and D session we just did, I-, I revealed that you know Eleanor, one of the main NPCs of of the story, had an abusive background in her childhood. And gonna be real with you, Beth. I entirely missed that. Did you share? No way. I mean, in fairness, like like I I my my character was not present yeah. in like the scene where this would have been revealed yeah. because Azriel didn't go to see Eleanor's mum because he thinks that Eleanor's plan that involves her mum and her wife is stupid and won't work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I was still like there to listen to this and I did not I'm sorry. Like I got the impression that she was not a nice person. Yeah. I did not get the impression that she was like an actual abusive parent. Yeah. But she she was. Um and like and I had to sort of go, hang on, I'm gonna drop this huge bombshell and I know that there are you know, I don't necessarily know everybody's situation with their parents in the group. I'm just gonna, mm. and sometimes some of them I do. I'm gonna go, hey, guys, really sorry about this. Um, there's gonna be a trigger warning for um, child abuse, basically, and abusive childhoods. And you know, and I hope I handled it elegantly. I hope that it didn't come off mm. bad in any I way. I thought so. Yeah, like I mean, if this episode ever like reaches a wider audience you're probably going to have like a load of people who because you use the word trigger are going to like try and claim like child abuse is not a big deal yeah um and like and you know it's it's one of these things i'm like i hope i handled it elegantly and that what eleanor did afterwards which she basically tried to have like i guess um oh shit right okay sorry like eleanor's um breakdown i suppose afterwards now makes a whole lot more sense to me yeah well, that was a very confusing scene for me initially but yeah. now i get it yeah I, no yeah okay that, that definitely yeah she tried to have sex with with harrow who was matt's character because she, the harrow was there comforting her and she went you know mm. and like i and i hope that people go okay this sort of recontextualizes a lot of eleanor's like abusive behavior because she's basically repeating the cycle and it's 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 not an excuse, but it contextualizes that character a bit more, and that's what I was, you know. Right, and also, um, like later on, um, she drank with Coslin, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Which is also like a common response to like that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's not, it's not correct, and it's, it's not healthy, no. but it's fine to represent it because that's a thing that sometimes happens, and I feel like you represented bad things arising from that coping mechanism. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Like that was that, that was fine. Cuz cuz this is the thing, right? It it doesn't I mean obviously it does matter mm. because otherwise you wouldn't do it. It doesn't reflect on you. No. What you include in your work. No. What reflects on you is how you portray what you include in your work. Yeah. Because right, so um I'm trying to think of like like an equivalent thing that that I have done. Mm. 
I I feel like the major problem here is that a lot of my like explicitly like intentional political stuff in mm. my uh, campaign was a very early on and b stupidly explicit. Mm. I I think like I don't think we can really talk about the Lionelesians being fascists because that was so fucking obvious. Yeah, it was pretty on the nose. Um, I we we could use a a bigger writer, I guess. So George R. R. Martin, of course, he portrays a lot of misogyny in his books, mm. but. I don't think anybody would say that. That doesn't mean that he co-signs that. Yeah, like, he's he's pretty explicit in, in the themes, especially surrounding women in the Game of Thrones series, about them being very powerful and, and trying to find that power where they can. And it's sort of, it's a, a real-world kind of knock-on of the idea of sometimes historical women maybe haven't been at the for- forefront of change and stuff like that, but they still had their own stories to tell because they've been struggling yeah. with misogyny. You know, like, women didn't, um, tolerate misogyny they survived it that's you know yeah and it, you know again like i've been I've, i say i've been watching i watched a few episodes and i didn't really like it but i've been watching sky one i have new show james never watched game of thrones and i own like the first three books i've not read them yet yeah. so i'm gonna have to take your word yeah on yeah but like a lot of people have read the game of thrones books who are generally gonna be like they don't it doesn't revel in misogyny it just depicts misogyny and like that there's a difference that's like how then i've seen I'm going to say I've seen, um, uh, like, analysis yeah. that talks about how the failings of the show often revolve around seemingly missing the point yeah. of depictions of heavily misogynistically themed scenes from the books. Yeah. Or changing things so that that scene now no longer makes sense mm. yeah. in yeah. sense of why it's there and what it's trying to portray. Mm. You know, it's it's just one of of those things like and i'm sure there are some people who actually know like the game of thrones books are very misogyny you know like i don't think that makes either of us wrong it's a far you know misogyny well, is I, very... mean, I feel like a lot of those people can probably like acknowledge acknowledge your position yeah whilst also acknowledging well sorry acknowledge their position whilst also acknowledging yours mm. in that they can say george rr R. martin was not trying to be like writing from a misogynist viewpoint yeah. they might also say he did not succeed yeah, but that's no, a yeah. different thing. That's from fine. Yeah, this was intentional. Yeah, that and that's fine. Um, it, but it, it's just one of those things that, like, obviously, I do not condone unhealthy coping mechanisms. I I talk about it a lot on Twitter and Tumblr. Actually, that I don't like it when people go, "Uh, you're so neurotypical, Karen," and I'm like, actually, no. You you need to stop having unhealthy coping mechanisms. See, I <laughs> like have a weird love hate relationship with the pushback against that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because on the one hand, it is important to have. Um, healthy coping mechanisms when you are mentally ill, but a lot of the time, I when I see people like using the "we can't all be neurotypical" Karen meme, a lot of the time when I see like people bringing that up, I'm like, you're focusing on this entirely through the lens of mental illness, mm. and that is not how I initially took it because, no, no, like, yeah. obviously, as an autistic person, I have to sometimes look at it through the lens of developmental disability. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Well, like, yeah. No, there is no like, there's no like, like. Um, recovery or coping mechanism for this fundamental difference mm. and it is insulting for you to imply that there is no yeah and i yeah i understand like again this is a, a layered issue and stuff mm. like that like it's, it's you know as a dyspraxic this is a thing there's there's no fix for yeah. forgetting to do shit there's no fix for um shit what's it called executive function yeah right yeah, there's no there's no fix I mean, for those malfunctions not working well, that's a different thing, no, though, yeah. because executive dysfunction is, like, an actual problem that, like, needs to be addressed. And you're right, it can't be, like, fixed, but it can be addressed and worked around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, like, both of us have problems with that. 
that can also arise from mental illness, and that's not really the sort of thing that I'm talking no, about. No, yeah, I'm but, talking about uh, yeah. stuff that's like, like, like when somebody, like, like I'm talking about the scenarios where like somebody says a stupid thing and somebody else responds with the "we can't all be neurotypical Karen" meme, and what they mean is not "it is unreasonable for you to expect me to have healthy coping mechanisms." It's "it is unreasonable for you to expect this behavior to be normal yeah. or to expect it at all." Yeah, but it is just literally unreasonable for you to do that and serves no purpose yeah and i feel like a lot of like my irritation with the pushback against that meme has been because that that's generally the context i see the meme in because mm. this is the thing right it's like it's all about your curated experience mm. uh, both online and off it like depending yeah. on who your friends are yeah. and what kind of of media and social media content you consume mm. so definitely I feel like my experience of when and where people use that meme has been different from a lot of other people's, yeah. which is kind of why I find it difficult to connect with the pushback against mm. it. You know, for me, it's it's always been the, the, like, it's when you see people, unhealthy coping mechanisms that are directly mean and spiteful towards other people and stuff right. like that. And, exactly. And and the, the idea of, um, there are certain things that, you know, whether it's anxiety disorder or it's, you know, yeah. even some developmental disorders and stuff like that to go sometimes well, there's people, different levels like, you know, people shit, right? can't always be there for you 100% of the time and you have to learn to accept no. that, that. But at the same time, like that doesn't mean that I think this is like my biggest problem mm. is that I don't feel either side is incorrect. No, here. yeah. And I, I agree think with you. Yeah. It is not a good idea to basically like write off and co-sign unhealthy coping mechanisms it is also a stupid fucking idea to expect everybody to be like on a magically perfect recovery track just exactly, automatically yeah, and to like be belligerent against them for not being yeah you know it, I, I think yeah like, i agree yeah i agree with you those are extreme extreme views and i don't feel that either of them is correct yeah it's it's like if you notice someone has unhealthy coping mechanisms it's good to point out that what you're doing especially to other people is hurtful mm. to you and other people and you kind of right. shouldn't and i do think that. Like, the other people thing is like sometimes more critical because mm. often i think a lot of people with unhealthy coping mechanisms know that their coping mechanisms are unhealthy no, yeah, all yeah. the time it's like it's not necessarily this thing that they somehow did not know no yeah and sometimes they're doing the best that they can and trying to move on to like a, a healthier track. So I think a lot of the time when you point that stuff out, it is more helpful to point out its effect on other people. Yeah, yeah. Because you're, yeah, you're right, yeah. that I think is like a a better um, a, a better like reason to try and like accelerate the uh, the the process of, of yeah to, yeah like you know it, it's like you know I'm I'm talking with someone who you know or I say moving to healthy recovery or modulating your behaviour. If indeed recovery is not like what you're actually trying to move towards, yeah, it's like as is the case, yeah. maybe if you are dealing with like a developmental disability yeah. and you don't actually have a recovery goal, and indeed a recovery goal, as one might quantify it for a uh, for a mental illness as a concept, is inherently offensive to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's which it fucking is, yeah. and that's that's yeah. kind of why the pushback against that meme annoys me. Yeah, and I, you know, like it's. It's one of these things like but again you said something really important earlier i don't necessarily disagree with either of these sides but i don't wholly mm. agree with them either and sometimes no. that's something that comes up a lot in in various things we're getting off topic again we are getting off topic again <laughs> my point right let's try again so my point 
is that it is, I think, um, important to change the content of what you're doing based on your expectations of what the politics of your party is going to be Mm. or of your group right yeah and that doesn't mean that you should like just espouse like weak ass milk toast centrism all all the time Mm. and never challenge like the political preconceptions of your group but you have to pay attention to the fact that the people in your tabletop role-playing game are active participants Mm. in what in in the content that you're vending to them they're not an audience yeah. who will then like go and have a private opinion on how you conveyed your message. They have the capacity to change what is what is happening, mm. and you have to you have to be aware of that. And I think that that's that. that I, if anything, I think that that's a good thing for you as an artist. That's and absolutely it's a good, good thing. thing for you as a person. You know, I would always hope if I didn't handle the topic correctly, if somebody felt I did something. You know, and I would, I would probably always do this completely ignorantly. I want to state that. Mm. Um, but I mean, even that's not good enough for some people. But off-topic conversation. But like, well, if... I mean, it, it depends on like what context the uh, the the subject of the ignorance comes up. No, in, yeah, right? but it's it's like it's like there are going to be some people who like think you're the worst person ever for ever making a mistake. Yeah. But there's also going to be like. Like, you should still be told. No, yeah, right? it, but that, that's what I'm I about. Like, I would always hope that if I did something, probably in ignorance, let's be honest, that was, um, you know, racist or even homophobic, it does happen. Even if you're queer, yeah, sometimes you occasion. do things that are homophobic <laughs> or transphobic or even mm. even misogynistic. It happens even if you're a lady, sometimes you're misogynistic. I'm going to bring up anti-Semitic because no, that one is on occasion a minefield, and I do appreciate like um, pe- people like bringing up uh, the web of anti-Semitic pitfalls that uh, centuries of uh, anti-Jewish media have. Well, have yeah, I mean, for people to step into, I, had, I appreciate being educated about that. Yeah, I for like I had no idea at all that like green skin on. Mm. Um, like witches and stuff like that was anti-semitic i was like that's a completely fine thing that's just how witches look sometimes and it's kind yeah. of a cool look and then i read a blog post it was like actually that's anti-semitic and here are the reasons why and i was like oh shit yeah i, I mean guess i also read a, like like a blog post that was like don't be like <laughs> don't be like excising all of these qualities from literally everything in your work because Yes, they're all anti-Semitic dog whistles, but they're so quiet that you have to have more than one of them before they actually like make a a, yeah. a thing. Yeah. It's like green skin on its own is not Isn't anti-Semitic. Bad, but like... Large noses on themselves are not anti-Semitic. Yeah. But when you start combining them, then then it's like, oh, maybe yeah, this like, is like... In, in reference, this was to a popular fan depiction of a character who was only heard in audio form. Um, exactly right. Um, and like, I should be clear also that this is like entirely secondhand information because neither of us are Jewish, and it is not like mm. our place to say what is and yeah. isn't anti-Semitic. So, if you are a Jewish listener and you disagree with the things that we are saying, yeah, that's you are perfectly yeah. within your rights to say that you disagree with them and why, and we will probably listen to you because that also is like information like that that we should listen to other people on specifically the people affected this particular character sometimes like the character itself um he's quite Mm. greedy for money 
um he he he's he's you know he's, he's quite beautiful he'll he'll lie about you know the loot he gets and stuff like that he's not a wholly honest person he's not a bad right, character so th- this is this is the thing i was saying is like you know yeah. when those qualities stack up that's yeah. when you have a problem and he's often depicted as having a big nose he's a wizard to start we all know the character i'm talking about and some fans depict yeah, him I, as I like, yeah. green some people depict some fans depict him as green and all of those combination of things together go hang on a minute and like we love this character we don't think that he he's bad Mm. for having these qualities this is why we love this character but all those things together that's maybe not the right thing to do um and it's it's important Mm, that that, that's a thing and recently this this audio formatted show is going to be made Mm. into a graphic novel and they posted some artwork of it, and they did go with the fan interpretation of this character is green, or it was more of a teal blue. And someone went, mm. we don't know if you know this, but this is anti-Semitic. And of course, the content creators of this piece of media, as wonderful as they are, went, shit, we didn't know. Okay, let's, yeah. let's, let's go the, and discuss those this. Those specific idea. content creators were also um, called up, and it's like, hey, we, we're kind of disappointed that you're not representing this character as um, being... Uh, See, I know the correct term here, but I don't actually know how to pronounce it. Latinx, I yeah, believe. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now I don't and know about. At you. that point, the character creator said, "No, we're not going to do that because, I mean, it's it's cool that that you want to see that kind of representation. That would actually be a terrible idea because other unrelated facts about this character, when combined with that sort of revelation about his ethnicity, would turn him into like." an unpleasantly racist character. Yeah, like, and I went, and even I went, yeah, I, like, and I think obviously if you are a Latinx fan of this character and you want to go with that presentation, that's completely fine. Yeah, because, that's fine. Because your, your ethnicity changes the contextualization of your headcanon for this character 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. But for a white person to do that, uh, and also... Right. If even if and also for Latinx people to go, actually, I kind of do agree. I do think that is racist. That's yeah, okay and, I, well. and I'm glad that they did not do yeah, that I for think the reasons that they said. They, yeah, that's fine. They've went the route down making him a, a, a sun elf and going back to the um the the source material. Going, I love okay, it. He's a sun elf and he's dark. I think it's really funny that we're still talking euphemistically, even though at this point, like being that we are, you know, a tabletop role playing. Yeah. You know. Um, tabletop role-playing podcast talking to a, a, an audience who are like often big D&D fans pretty much everybody knows who we're talking about the adventure about zone yeah we yeah we know we know we're talking about taco at this point um yeah and like and I went euphemistically because I wanted to I don't know why we're keeping it so vague sometimes and I think it's because we don't want to step on anyone's toes about having some well, I did tell you before we started recording to like try and keep it general yeah I didn't actually mean be this vague, but... Oh, yeah. I've been too vague. I've been too vague. There are, like, specific recent events that we could be talking about that we could, like, kid ourselves are actually relevant to this topic when really they're not. No. They're, like, six degrees of Kevin Bacon away yeah. from, from this topic. And I don't want to talk about them. No, I don't really. either. Because um, I, I, I feel like yeah. we're almost an hour into the recording already and we've already been off on two massive tangents. Yeah, I know. And I feel I know, that, that would just be no, terrible. I know. Anyway, but it's, it's one of these things where it's, like, if you, you listen to, like... I, I know that, especially in my game as well, especially with the nomad culture, it covers so many broad topics of differing things about, um, you know, 
I mean, I, I made it pretty clear that, you know, Azrael is a survivor of a genocide, like, pretty early on in the game, didn't I? Like, You did. I feel like I also had, like, a say in that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, absolutely. And I went... Um, yeah. And that that's a like, really... Like, I think we worked that out together. That's a really fucking heavy thing for a character to go on. And also, to put that so plainly in the fiction and going, yeah, there have, you know, like people have been horrible to other people because they're from a culture that they disagree with because they don't look the way that they want them to. And, you know, I've, I've tackled other things. Like, they've had their history and culture whitewashed a bit and important stuff they've done erased from history, which we'll probably get into in other sessions later on. And mm-hmm. as well, that it's a very strong analogy, not only for how, you know, Native Americans and Aboriginal Australians have been treated, but it's it's also there, it's also there's a lot of heavy like contrast to be drawn to the Ro- Romani culture and to mm. Jewish culture and they're all really and you, difficult. You try your best, and right? I do try my best. I don't always handle it elegantly. Well, this is the thing, right? Because I feel like the one of the good things about being a DM running your own world mm. with this like small and I have a vague feeling that I've mentioned this before mm. in like a different context. Yeah. Um, maybe in playing outside yourself, which has some overlap with with this this episode, yeah. is when you're a DM in like a game of D and D or whatever, you your audience is very small and can give immediate feedback. Yeah, and that and that's brilliant. Yeah, they're often your friends. Yeah, and they can they can like rather than like it's not the same relationship as when you're like an author who releases like a book or something, and your book has some sort of like intentional uh, un- unintentional rather. Um, political faux pas in it yeah. that will, in the way that art does, have some sort of widespread effect that the people who are then upset with you in your audience can't they can't close Pandora's box. They can't put the cat back, yeah. in, back in the bag. So a lot of the time they're just sort of impotently angry at you and yeah. you change your ways but then the damage is done. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. here it's like all the people who will ever be affected by this version of your work if you decide that they are correct when they call you out and, and that you want to change that yeah are here like it, it, it's literally i mean i suppose it's kind of different if you're like broadcasting it yeah well, but i mean even then like you'd have to be if it if it's a like a, a real serious problem you'd have to be broadcasting it live before you can't take it back yeah because otherwise it's like all right well don't don't post the episode or cut that bit out yeah you can still edit it yeah like it's fine yeah it's 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 one of these things where you're able to give instantaneous sort of uh, feedback and i would you mentioned life so it was very interesting um i follow um adol adam Corbel, but he, he was talking about it can be very difficult sometimes when you do the live shows because of course sometimes you get a group of your friends and and jokes that would be okay together mm. Or you could, you know, like, if somebody wants to do, like, an offensive gay man stereotype, for example, you can go, yo, come on, that's not appropriate at the table. Or dial it mm. down a bit. Or, come on, this makes me uncomfortable and maybe, maybe you should find another way around it. And when it's live, it's, it's like, yeah. there and it's done and you've upset people. And... I can imagine that, like, that, that would also be a problem if, I was going to say, basically, mm. if you do exactly what we did, mm. you, you have... Because I edit House of Bards fairly heavily, yeah, right? Yeah. It is it is always me doing the editing. Uh, Beth has expressed some interest in doing like editing for another podcast if we did another, and mm-hmm. has a number of cool podcast ideas that I do not have time to do. No, yes. No. We'd, we'd, we'd um, eventually, maybe one day, we'd get them off the ground, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, definitely, if we fuck up during recording, which 
generally speaking, we do not. Mm. Um, I can edit that out, and I will edit that out if mm. it's like something particularly egregious. And mm. if you'd never heard that and you thought that we were perfect, which you don't, no. not only because that's a stupid thing to think about yeah. people like us, but also because sometimes I'm just so tired when I'm editing, I'm like, whatever, render it and push it. Yeah. And I forget to remove something that I would have liked to remove. <laughs> then if you saw, like, the Game of Bards, which was streamed live on Twitch and was therefore, you know, like, this is not a dress rehearsal, this is the actual live thing. Yeah. I did actually make one edit to the uh, upload of Game of Bards. Oh, did you? Because... What, what was it? It's... When like it's when I forget that my screen is what the people on the stream can see, and I go and look up the accompany like because you mentioned a book cover. Yeah. Um, I feel like you will remember the book, the specific book cover that you were talking about. It was it was an erotica book cover. Oh right. Um, very famous for the imagery portrayed, uh -huh. and I wanted to post that in the chat to give the uh, the the um like the, the chat, the idea of what it was that we were talking about, and I forgot that the chat could see me Googling that. So they got not only the image that I wanted to show them, but a bunch of other images of a similar description oh dear. that were less funny and perhaps more, don't broadcast this. Oh dear, I, I had no idea you'd done that, obviously, because I, I wasn't... Right, because it was all silent, right? Yeah. It was just me like talking at the time. So, um, in the actual upload, that's replaced with like the um, the the title card for like two seconds. I had no idea we'd we'd put that. Oh gosh, I don't know if we yeah. maybe this should be the like oh s s sins of sins of the podcasters. Um, <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't happen now because I actually have two monitors no, now, yeah. so I would just like do it on the other. Yeah, I mean, like but, you know, uh... I've, I've you know, like I'm sure I can't remember all this. I'm sure I've said stuff, and you've went hang on beth that's not right and i went oh shit yeah i didn't realize what i just said was incredibly xenophobic you know i can't always help it i'm british you grew up with it these are just attitudes you get sometimes your opinions about people from other countries they're not always nice even though you don't really believe them and a lot of the time <laughs> like those opinions you can start weeding them out but you need to be called up on them the first no, time yeah, yeah. but anyway the point i was trying to make is that if you i don't think this did happen but like if you'd only experienced a group of people through curated experiences yeah. then you get to see all their like expulsions of intrusive thoughts and stuff when you see them live yeah. and i think you have to go into like a live event with a different kind of expectation mm. because people are not perfect and when a person like that fucks up what is important is not the fuck up what is important is what they then mm. do i mean it i think it's because the whole reason that you might think that we are perfect from and again, you won't. Yeah. But the whole reason that you might think that somebody like us is perfect from hearing that curated experience is because those people made those kinds of expulsions and then removed them from the final thing because they're like, that's that's not me. That doesn't actually reflect what I actually believe. Yeah. That is a mistake that I made and there's no reason to propagate that to my audience. Yeah. I think it's... it's and I mean, like, sometimes, I mean, this is... I think this is why... Um, we would probably have to edit this out. This is going to be a tangent. Um, why certain YouTubers do really, really well because they maybe edit out their worst moments and they go, oh, yeah. I can't really say that on camera, can I? No, that's not appropriate. And then eventually they get too comfy and then either in a live debate or a live stream, shall we say, they do something. Um, and it becomes pretty... You're being, like, real subtle here, Beth. And it becomes kind of infamous, um, and... Now, in fairness... Yeah. Many of those people might have been showing some sort of, like, 
indication that something was not correct well, long before a- something ab- bad happened in a Absolutely. Like, a live I mean, stream, but... those people, when that the, the two people were vaguing at, um, <laughs> did the thing that they did, a lot of people, including myself, would went, these two people have been shitbags for ages. You've only just noticed it now because it's been unedited and yeah. because it's been in the context of not a joke or if it has been a joke, it's been a joke too far that they've pushed. Yeah. And they Well, all have... the time it's like, it would be really weird if this were a joke because the context makes no sense yeah. for it to be a joke. Yeah, and it's it's just one of those things again. I think also, it, this is, I suppose, like a happier thing because it's sort of vaguely interesting. Mm. Um, when television first appeared, right? Mm. So when, like, voiced... Not, no, not not television. I'm not thinking... Um, the talkies, yeah. right? The, like, the like films, but with sound. Mm. When those first appeared, there was this huge um, industry shift in film because a lot of the... Um, there were there were people from who had worked in radio and there were people who had worked on silent films who couldn't make the transition to um to to like film to two talkies with two films with sound because they had entirely the wrong voice or because they didn't look correct for film yeah and i feel like without trying to imply that one is a medium progression from the other because i don't think i don't think that's true yeah I feel like there are a lot of YouTubers who have tried to make the... Who have, since the um, popularity boom of, uh, of of game streaming and yeah. also like other kinds of streaming, have tried to make the jump to being streamers mm. and have failed because most of their strengths lie in carefully curated video mm. content. And, f- and, some, so, and some of those have succeeded and have done really well. Um, Absolutely, To the point yeah. where they've completely abandoned their YouTube because it's like... Or oh, this is a mm. way, way better, way better for me. I mean, please come back to us, Star. <laughs> you have, and like, and I think, you know, and I, I think in a lot of ways it's why I think a lot of gaming YouTube has moved over to Twitch because Twitch is such a better platform for gaming in a way. Because there are, look, there are, yeah. there are problems with how YouTube runs I, its business. I feel and... again, it, it it depends on what exactly it is that you're trying to showcase. Mm. Like, obviously, you wouldn't stream like a tutorial video. No. I'd prefer that you didn't make a tutorial video and just wrote down your tutorial, but that's because tutorial videos annoy the piss oh, out I of me. I agree so much. <laughs> uh, well, that's not true, actually. Tutorial videos are an important resource. What annoys me is when a company or group takes the policy that all of their tutorial content, and indeed help content in general, is going to be presented in video form. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck off. It's also, especially when I it's like... I don't to watch a 20-minute video for something that I could read literally three lines of text. Yeah, it's, it's also really bad when it's presented like, hey, it's your boy, grimy, I'm here to show like, you how to solve care. this Don't care, show me puzzle. how to make this error go away. <laughs> Unity's like that. Like occasionally, I do. Um, I, I fuck around with with Unity, like trying to get like a prototype of game development together. Literally, all of their help documentation is in video You're form, like, and it's so. Hey, annoying. it's your boy. <laughs> I'm like, no. no, no, not that kind. I know, like, but like, the, like the, I know what you're on about as well. Got to drag like... the thing to the timeline, and I'm like, shut up, yeah. please stop. Just <laughs> type, just type it. You know, and sometimes videos are useful. You know, like yeah. Generally, I think if if I want to watch something about cooking, I would prefer a video tutorial on it because 
Right, I think a video tutorial is helpful for anything that requires a visual element that moves quickly. Yeah. Because then stuff like screenshots is not particularly helpful. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Where, like, there are, have been times when I've been trying to do a thing in a game and I look on, like, I look up a walkthrough and the walkthrough makes no sense and then I look up a walkthrough with screenshots and the screenshots don't look anything like what I'm looking at <laughs> and then I look up a video and I'm like, oh, okay, you get to where it looks like the screenshot by doing this mm. that I didn't, like, know how to do. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a true tangent. <laughs> it was, but I, I, I felt okay about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I feel okay about that one <laughs> that's, that's a thing that has annoyed me for a while. So our group, I guess, um, we should maybe talk about our group so, I, like, so we can explain kind of um, what the point is here. I'm trying to think, like, how many queer people are in our group? Okay, well, there's... I feel like it's it's <laughs> either all but one or all but two, depending on what your definition of a queer person is. I would say all but one. I would say but, all but uh, one. We may disagree. I with would that. say all but one. I actually do not differ on that opinion. Well, <laughs> I say that, but also like I, I I don't actually know about that one. Like like he's never been. No, like, he's never been upfront about it, and like so. As... And it's not really our place to ask no. because. When is it going to be relevant except for literally this exact thing we are talking yeah. about now? <laughs> and, or, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, no, it's just this conversation. So yeah, that's this... literally all it's relevant at. But I, yeah. I would say so... for, for the most part, we're all pretty, either we are clued in with it and we've no problem with it and we are in support of it or... We, we, we should be, I, I guess, are. like, again, this is a weird thing that would not be relevant in any other context, no. but the one the one person that we're talking about is in a relationship with one of the other people yeah. in the group. Yeah. So it's not as if he's, like, the weird odd one out that we've he's got not, to, like, temporal yeah, our politics it's, he's for. Not, he's not straight Steve in the gay sitcom. He's... He's, he's, I mean, he's fully di- in he's... theory he might be, but like, no, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> he's not straight Steve as the original straight Steve post would have it, where he'd like, there's no real reason why he should be hanging out with these people, but it's like, ah, I like monster trucks, and like, aha, straight Steve, you're so funny and straight. It's like, no, that's not, that's that's, that's not, that is not the thing. No, 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 it's, 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 it's. The other... point being, right, um, also, like, how many of us are disabled? Ah, I feel like in terms of, like, as long as we, like, sweep the net pretty far for disability, I think all of us... I think so. Like, if we include um, mental illness as well, I'm pretty sure... Oh, yeah, that's all of us then. (laughs) Right. So... Right, so so we've got, like, this this group of disabled queer people, by and large. Like, a significant number of whom are, like, radical leftists. Yeah. (laughs) So you... The point I'm making here is that you get an idea of what kind of content one would expect a, a DM to be able to get away with and what kind of... Like, not even content. Like, any kind of content would theoretically be fine mm. um, with a few exceptions, but even they like kind of fall into this thing where it's like... It's the portrayal, mm. right? Yeah. You, you have some ex- expectations going into our group about what the portrayal should be. And I suppose... Though it pains me to to think of of like you know like NRA supporters or whatever yeah. having fun with our hobby, yeah. I imagine that <laughs> if you had like a a group of like of of them, they would also have opposing but like similarly framed expectations about what sort yeah. of content and portrayal they wanted from their DM. Yeah, and I mean it would be it would be nice to see them not getting that. That would be pretty funny. I would like to see how that game went down, but yeah. I kind of feel. <laughs> 
But but if their DM also was like from their like friend group, we don't really have any control over whether yeah, they yeah. get that. And and at that point, like they would have an expectation about what sort of. Mm. I mean, it would probably be if it's specifically the NRA. I mean, it would probably be like a setting or a system that allowed firearms. Yeah. To start with. <laughs> I mean. And easy access to them. I mean, it's it's not like I I would say it's not like we as a group necessarily. I mean, I know one of like at least one of us has an opinion of guns are somewhat necessary and i'm like but dude america takes it too far (laughs) though like yeah you know and but that's it's uh, that's the thing though it's like like you'll have you will have an impression from your group about what sort of political background Mm. is going to be non-controversial with them Mm. And that doesn't mean that you should always stick to that, but it does mean that you should use that as, like, the fundament of what you're doing. Yeah. You should be like, okay, that's the basis, and now that I have that as the basis, I can use my deviations from that intentionally to challenge things or to make interesting content. Mm, mm. Like, um, sometimes as well, there's just things that you don't include because sometimes it's a fantasy and you're like i don't want to address this thing specifically and it makes me happy to not have it like i don't think like this may be a slight retcon from like the later game yeah i don't think that my world has um heterosexism Mm. really i don't there are certain like there are a number of of nations that are portrayed as bad nations where bad people live and also they have bad governments but generally speaking they don't yeah. They don't have, like, heterosexual essentialism. Mm. That's yeah. not a thing. But, uh, yeah, but I, I would take a, I take a, a different way of portraying that, don't I? I do say, in parts of the world, yes, it is different. Yeah, like, you, you definitely have um, stories where we, we fight against homophobia. Yeah, and, I mean, there was one particular one where, like, someone was the victim of transphobia, and I went, but, like, this is... A, but I also kind of would go but this isn't like a widespread thing for this particular part of the world like this this right. is a definitely an awful thing to do with someone and it is viewed as an awful thing to do with someone just because they're a transgender person yeah and it's like it's it's entirely up to you mm. what um don't feel that you have to include an explicit uh political theme yeah right yeah we've already talked about how sometimes because of the world that you live in and also like your upbringing and your environmental context and all sorts of stuff like Mm. that you will accidentally make a a piece of artwork with a particular political theme Mm. like that is going to happen it doesn't mean that you have to explicitly make every political uh theme that you agree or disagree with Mm. especially if you don't actually want the work to be about that at all yeah like I did not include heterosexism because heterosexism is fucking exhausting in real life and I did not want to like write interactive stories where it is addressed. I'm just like I'm just going to make this not a thing. Yeah, and uh, like so yeah. Like, you you found as 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 the example because we've already established Alex does not include a lot of queer people in his games largely because Alex does not include a lot of people in relationships in his games. Whereas but you had um uh Antonia and Felicity. Yeah. Antonia and Felicity are not powerful people. They are heavily oppressed. Like, Antonia was... And Antonia had a horrible job where she had to, like, murder and butcher other people. Mm. And she could not leave or go to the authorities or anything because she was, like, controlled yeah. by by her employer. And she is a queer person and there is nothing weird or, like... yeah. The text does not, like, 
condemn her for that. Yeah. Neither does the text like promote her in the face of adversity for that. Yeah, but it, you know, so it's like Jay is in a relationship with Marion. Jay is also agender mm. and intersex, but has never faced any shit for that in Dawn Somber. It's just no, these I, are just I, things well, about I was Jay. Like, I I was like, with one exception, I don't think I've ever seen like I've ever like felt the need to include that kind of content yeah either pertaining to gender or even just gender roles and i've always i've just naturally made like even um non-sympathetic characters like switch into the correct sorts of pronouns just because i'm like i don't want this to be a point of contention in my world yeah like, i have other not point of, what's the word i'm looking for i have other conflicts oh, yeah, right yeah. that are not this yeah and the more I don't have to focus on this, like the more I think it strengthens the conflicts that I do want to focus mm. on. But I, the one yeah. exception would be that I remember during the garden party, um, originally at least, um, one like like one of the uh, the key um, conflicts that the uh, Athton uh, siblings have is that they have what I suppose we would see as gender role non-conforming aspirations, mm. like. Um, Gail basically like wants to to join the the the, the rangers who are like mm. kind of like the TA I guess yeah <laughs> um and her brother likes cooking and childcare yeah and their dad does not approve of this at all yeah but on the other hand it's like eh, yeah and they're nobles so I'm not like portraying that as being normal and also I've downplayed that in more like mm. more recent versions of the yeah. uh, of the of the scenario yeah. because I don't want that to be a but i i think i, I take the a, a different route where yes this oppression does happen and there are hateful homophobic people in the world but i still make the point of going but like lgbt people still exist and they still thrive mm. and they're still here and they are defiant and they're still around because you can't stop we... them you know what i mean like it, it's the yeah it's the, the sort of a flip side of that like it's exhausting when you enter a fictional realm should we say and it's like oh yeah dragons and magic exist oh also by the way so does homophobia also you're never going to meet a single gay character except to just except to discuss homophobia and it's like that's uh, you know what i mean like we should be clear like with the exception of what beth just said like neither of the methodologies that we described is wrong no no like you are entirely like the the route that i went with is i deal with this particular um aspect of like political unpleasantness in real life and i don't want it in my fantasy mm. especially because i don't want to address it with the narrative yeah so i'm just going to remove it entirely yeah. and beth's was i deal with this particular aspect of political unpleasantness in real life so i'm going to portray it in my fantasy being defeated yeah like like neither of those is wrong to do yeah like it, it, it it's one of these things that's like there's two where like it's even when you depict a person right and it's it's i guess what is sort of the bioware sometimes method versus the fallout always method isn't it like there will be a bisexual character and maybe a dragon age game will go and they're bisexual and here they are discussing it and how they've been treated throughout their life or here's dorian he's gay and he faced oppression because of it hmm. And then versus Whereas going to Fallout and everyone's like, by and it doesn't really matter and no one really cares. Neither of those is wrong. the case in Skyrim as well. Yeah, yeah. 
like Bethesda, I think like Bethesda basically did it because Bethesda doesn't, Bethesda wants to allow its players the choice of like having uh, romantic entanglements with certain characters, but also does not want to write that at all. Yeah. So it's just easier to make every romanceable character bisexual yeah. because then you don't like run into the problem of people being upset that their waifu is not interested in. Them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas and like for the for the amount of actual content in a Bethesda game romance, like that's fine. Yeah, and it, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and it's... but it does create this sort of weird. Um, I say weird, like fine, yeah. absolutely fine, um, setting where this is not a problem yeah. at all. I would say the only real problem begins to occur when you start juxtaposing that kind of mechanical um, allowance with the other kind of narrative portrayal. Yeah. When you have, like, everybody is bisexual, like, well, not everybody, but ev everybody that you can have a relationship with is bisexual and does not have, like, a problem with you or your sexuality or your appearance but this is a deeply homophobic society yeah that's like which yeah. as portrayed by other aspects of the narrative and that doesn't really make a huge amount of sense yeah it, but like you know th then you you versus over a dragon edge and it's like these characters are like massively like these characters have all had differences in how they've grown up and some of them have been treated differently because of their sexuality and some of them haven't and have faced very little you know like some mm. don't bring it up ever some bring it up a bit some it's like a big bit of their story and some it just it's not an issue and like which is how it is in real it life is. it's how, how it is in real tell, life if you if you want to tell like stories about that mm. then obviously that's the way to go mm. but like whereas if you want to tell yeah. stories that aren't about that but include that content yeah. the bethesda way is probably the way to go 